You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This, this is, is, is Kickoff in the Valley. Now here's your host, Tyler Vazquez and Gunnar Jackson. Welcome to the Kickoff in the Valley podcast. Uh, this is the post-game show wrapping up a 31-21 loss from State Farm Stadium. The Seahawks, 6-3, and three, leading the NFC West, beat the Arizona Cardinals, who now fall to 3-6. and six. Um, To my right is Mr. Britton Golden, coming back for a third time. This is your hat trick. I love it. Speaking of hats, rocking the H-Town. From from yeah, the yeah. from Houston, right? You got to represent for those Astros. Uh, well, I'm from West Texas, but I oh, lived West in Texas. Houston. I lived in Houston for five years, so fair enough. They're your team. You know, we there don't rock go. with them. We don't rock yeah. with them. I'm with it. I'm with it. So, uh, well, at least someone can celebrate some success as we're now going to go into <laughs> this loss uh, at home. You know, the Cardinals break the home streak of of losses with that win against the Saints a few weeks ago. And now they start a new one uh, after losing to the Seahawks today. And it's funny, you watch that that first drive and they hold them to three points, which typically the defense the last few weeks, at least at least the last two weeks, I know I know that for a fact, we've given up a touchdown and the defense usually makes some adjustments. They get their stuff together and they can kind of right the ship a little bit and, and not, you know, let things get out of control today. They don't give up a touchdown, but they do give up three. And uh, ultimately, they give now the ball to the Cardinals, and the Cardinals do something that they haven't done. What was the stat that we got? Was it 14 games? 14 games, I think. Oh, yeah. They hadn't done it in 14 games, but they finally do it today. Um, they score a touchdown on their first opening scoring drive. Um, yeah. I, I mean, the, the offense looked good on that drive, too. I mean, all things considered. I was thinking, hey, this is it. This is the game where we're going to play start to finish and look really good. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins caps that scoring drive with a 22-yard uh, score. You know, it's a little dump off to hop, and he does the rest. Yeah. Uh, it was nice. I mean. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it was. I mean, every every Cardinals fan that was watching on TV at the game, it was something that they've been waiting for for obviously for 14 games is to start a game fast, but. Like you said with the defense, right? It's kind of that bend but don't break mentality, right? You give up a few mm-hmm. big plays, you get down into the red zone, but you ultimately find a way to stop them and hold them to three, which, you know, really when you think about it, that's a win. Anytime you can stop somebody in the red zone, whether you get three points out of it or no points out of it, you prefer no points, but if you can hold it to three, I'll take three over seven any day of the week. So, of course. I mean, they, they, that opening drive, like we said, they, they bend a little bit, but, you know, ultimately they stopped them and then got the ball in the offense's hands and they they produced, which was, you know, it looked good. Like you said, everybody in those seats out there was just super excited thinking we've we finally figured it out. And it looked good on the first drive. It did. Um, I'm trying to actually pull it up right now, but ESPN wants to be crazy here. Um the the Cardinals, you know, one thing they didn't do today, as I, I don't want to get too far 
on this, but they didn't waste any timeouts, not in the first half, not in the second half for dumb, uh, just, you know, the play clock expiring, right? Yeah. Like that was something Delay they've, they've been, yeah. yeah, they've been really bad at actually spent. So get this, I tweeted this out over the weekend. So Friday night, I spent two hours watching 2021 and 2022 Arizona Cardinals football. Now I did not watch all the games. What I did was I went to specifically, I pulled up ESPN. I pulled up each game and I found the timeouts and I went and watched every offensive drive where they had a timeout. And I clocked all of them and anything within like three seconds or less and just kind of watching what was going on. Like, okay, is that they saw something in the defense? So they called a timeout or is this literally they lost track of the play clock and they're burning a timeout because they're about to get a delay game. I do this. And in 11 games last year in 2021, they burned 17 uh, uh, timeouts in 11 games out of a total of 18 on the season. So the nice part was things did get better after week they 11. Better. Yeah, yeah. 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 They, they stopped doing that. They cleaned it up. I mean, it took 11 games, but they burned 17 of them. So then this year, Brit, you look at this year and hopefully this is the point in the season where they've cleaned it up week nine. Yeah. They didn't have any today, but they've already burned 15 like that this year. So they were already good on eight, in weeks. eight games, eight weeks. Yeah. Cause we're not counting today. Today they had zero. No. <laughs> so That's a tough one though i mean and it's you you want to you want to give a... them you want to give them the benefit of the doubt right when you say like did they see something but nine times out of ten if you've got a coach running down the sideline yelling timeout and there's less than yeah five seconds on the play clock that's just bad clock management brother i'm telling you like there was a couple that i didn't count because those were kind of judgment calls yeah the but 15 that still. I'm counting are dead, like, for fact. It was play clock was dying, and they had to call them. So it, it was nice to see that things like that were corrected. Now, things that weren't corrected today, uh, I sent the stat to you guys. Yeah, the pre-snap penalties, eight. They had eight pre-snap penalties. There was that two on that one drive where um, the center, yeah. Billy, uh, what is it, Billy Price? I only know Rodney Hudson, who's retired on duty right now. Uh, yeah, Billy Price. Billy Price, like everyone on the line moved. The whole offense moved but him. And uh, he did it two plays back to back. And yeah. the whole team was like, what is going on? Like, why are we snapping the ball? Just, and those are uh, the killers. But those are what kill you. Think about it. Eight of those. So, I mean, that's 40 yards alone in penalties. Yeah, so Just between pre-snap. So between the pre-snaps and then another thing I tweeted out was the token cliff screens every time you have momentum. It's like anytime you have a really good play and you break off, rip off, let's say eight or nine yards. And it's like, oh, you're second and one. What does Cliff do? He throws a screen and we lose five yards. That's <laughs> one of those like, predictable things that he's got, yeah. though. You know, he does it all the time. And it's one Ugh. of those things like that stuff. You can get away with it when you're the head coach at Texas Tech. But when you're playing in the National Football League, there's literally people in the building. Like, their job is to pick up on your tendencies. And it's something that you should know at this level because you've got those same people in your building. So, and you know who they are because they talk every week about tendencies. Everybody has it. And to continue with the same tendency, like, don't get me wrong. Like, if you're a Tennessee Titan type, you know the tendency. I'm handing the ball to Derrick Henry. That's mm-hmm. one of those where you can't – it's really hard to stop. You know, it's just one of those that either you want it or you don't. But when you're 
you know, we got a big play. We're going to throw a screen, right? And they know that a screen comes on first down right after a big play. The defensive line's not rushing. We're not going to run upfield. We're just going to two-gap and wait for that screen to develop, and now it's a five-yard loss. It just it's it's mind boggling. So after let's let's kind of go backwards. So after they score, it was a nine play, 83 yard, four minute, 33 second drive where Hop scored that touchdown, the, the opening offensive drive. So then you the defense again, like we said, do they reestablish? Do they bend but not break? Do they do they make adjustments? The next drive for the Seahawks, three plays for three yards. A minute and 25 seconds. I will say, I went up at this point to the uh, concourse to go get a drink because I brought my 13-year-old to the game. And when I say drink, it's Coke Zero. I'm, I wasn't trying to, you know, have indulge in some beverages because I knew for the podcast. You know what I mean? I had the podcast. Oh, yeah. We can't get, oh, yeah. can't, can't get a little slushy day. I did invite you to the game, though. And th- here's the thing. I invited you to the game. And if you would have came then maybe my beverage choice would have been a little bit different. But uh, about the 13-year-old, and, I, and I, I ask him to go get me a Coke Zero. He refuses the disrespect that you oh. get from a 13-year-old in, in today's world. So I go up to the concourse to get myself a Coke Zero, and by the time I'm coming down the stairs, I see the Cardinals are about to start their drive. And I'm like, what just happened? And it was three, three and out, three plays for three yards, a minute 25. Cardinals D does their thing. And and Vance Joseph, if he is not coaching himself with this uh, team to a head coaching job or at least many, many interviews this offseason, I, I don't know like I what mean, people would be thinking. Right. Yeah, you're right. Because the really, when you look at all the wins that the Cardinals have on the season, it's because the defense made some wild play for it to happen, right? When you look at the Raiders game, right? You had, you know, you the Isaiah Simmons gets that big turnover at the end of the game. We score. Byron Murphy scores a touchdown. You go back to the even the New Orleans game. The New Orleans game, we had two pick sixes back to back. Like the defense has legitimately won the three games that the Cardinals have won. It's not on the offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, we had offense in the New Orleans game. Like Kyler Murray was good. It was great to have D-Hop back and get him involved, getting him the ball. And the Cardinals' offense looked – I mean, it didn't look bad, but, you know, when you have a defense that's putting points on the board. I, I saw the stat today. I think it was like the they have five defensive touchdowns as a team. They think they lead the NFL in that. Like, if your offense isn't working and your defense is playing, it's nice. But when your defense is on the field, that's where some of these long drives that they – especially in the second half that happen, that's where it happens because they're boys well, tired. And it's ugly. So let's call it out. So so now the defense hold them to three and out. You're hoping the offense, after that great first drive, are going to build upon that. And they don't. They go three and out. They go three plays, negative six yards, a minute and 45. So you just held Seattle to a minute and 25 second drive to just put your defense back on a minute, you know, under two minutes later. At that point, Seattle does go uh, 12 plays for 79 yards for six minutes, a nice long drive uh, to score a touchdown. And that was the one where Byron Murphy, the play right before he uh, should have had the interception, that the should have, would have, could have today a few times. I, I mean, Byron had the one where it should have been a pick, and instead he doesn't get it. Now, I, I did see that. I believe that was the Tyler Lockett touchdown, if I remember right. Um, uh, oh, no, that was the DK Metcalf touchdown. So that wasn't the one. Uh, later on, we'll talk about that. But so, okay, so the Cardinals on. Let me go in order here. Touchdown, three plays. 
give up a touchdown. Next drive, five plays. So already two quick drives back to back, no momentum. Then uh, defense again holds only four plays. So your defense again, anytime they give up points, they they kind of buckle down. They do what they're supposed to do. The next two Seattle drives, actually, let's talk about the next three drives to end the half. Four plays, four plays, three plays. That that is your defense just doing what you want. Now let's talk about the Cardinals. Three plays, five plays, three plays. And then they have that 11-play drive to end the half where uh, Kyler Murray has that run, and he's, like, willing that offense. And on that drive, it was one where it was like, okay, the offense at least looks they somewhat – They look back re- like the first drive. Like yeah. The ball. That, like, okay, we got it together a little bit. We're moving. Um, and uh, that's when Kyler Murray, you know, holds the ball out. I don't think he saw the defender behind him clearly, and he pokes it out, and, and then that's the fumble, and you give up that – you were getting at least three points there, you would think. And oh, it's so just points before the half, knowing you get the ball mm-hmm. in the second half. That's just yeah. one of those where you could have tied you right there, right? Dip. You you can double dip. Like even if they, you know, if you get in with even just a field goal, right? That's three points added. And now even even if you do start the second half strong, you just scored twice in two possessions without the Seahawks touching the football. Now in the first half, there was a moment where uh, Fox panned over. It was a Fox or CBS. I'm assuming it was Fox. Oh, it was Fox. It's NFC. So Fox pans over and um, they're, they're showing on the sideline, Kyler and uh, Hopkins kind of getting into it a little bit, a little back and forth. And, and so it was funny because the reaction online was a little different, right? You had some people that were like, Oh, this, the world's ending. You know, I don't like, I don't like the back and forth when it's Kyler and cliff. I think that is not healthy. <laughs> for for yeah. how bad this offense has been but when it's kyler and hop and, and i'll turn to you as being a wide receiver to talk about your communications with quarterbacks and things like that over the years but when you see them two it's like what do you want i don't want kyler sitting on the bench by himself sulking and pouting like we've seen in no. the past i'd rather see this where at least he's talking to the guys that he should be getting involved and I'm sure Hop right there is like, yo, dude, we need to throw it to me. I'm always open. I can get open. What's your opinion, Brett? I mean, that's it. I mean, the the woe is me, like into the world people, like that's just somebody that's never been a part of the game, doesn't know nothing about the game. Like these quarterbacks, like if you're not in the right spot, right, if, if you're complaining about not getting the ball, like, they don't want to hear that. Like that's not what something they want to hear. They're trying to navigate, you know, through the game itself. So – so wait, I mean, do, you, do you have do you have Kyler's back in this or do you have Hops back in this? Because I feel like you'd be a Hop guy right here. I got, I, I mean, <laughs> either way, right, as a receiver, I didn't like getting cut that after the fact. You know, if I ran, if I did something and it was bad, right, and it cost us a possession, like yeah, don't get me wrong, like you, it's gonna happen. Like that's one of those things that happens with everybody, from Tom Brady to you know to Kyler Murray, anybody, every team in the NFL. This happens every single game. It's just not caught on camera every game. Right? It's just this is going to be caught on camera because we've already seen it between him and Cliff, and we've seen mm-hmm. it multiple times. Oh, you know, Fox, Fox, yeah, and then they, sure and, they catch him. Yeah, and then HBO Hard Knocks. How about oh, that? Yeah, Hard Knocks. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. You got cameras everywhere right now. It's <laughs> kind of like our 2015 season when we did All or Nothing. Yeah, there were cameras. Like you weren't going to get away from it. Like, luckily, it was me, right? I wasn't famous, so I was it's, good. I could stay under the radar for most of it. Yeah, you know, you, 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 Larry, you, you, right? <laughs> you, 
Yeah, you were at Larry Fitzgerald where he had a no, camera like living no. in his house at all I times. Yeah. Every year, John Brown or Mike, yeah, you never know. I'm good. You know, I can stay in his radar. But these two, I mean, you have Kyler Murray, you have D Hop. These are two of the most prolific and elite players in the league. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, athletic wise, and D Hop's right. You know, his his whole thing speaks for itself. D Hop is D Hop. So when they see two of those arguing, they're going to make sure and knowing that it's been a past issue with Kyler. They're going to know. We got to get this on camera. We need something to talk about on ESPN tomorrow. You know, and there's there's got to be something and Twitter, whatever. Everything is social now. Every platform you could possibly imagine, they just need a topic. So I don't think it's it, the like you said, the people that end the world. It's not in the world. Trust me. I mean, I got I got yelled at by Carson. I've been yelled at by Drew Stanton. I mean, it's not it's nothing personal. It's well, what, what would you which would you rather see? Your quarterback sitting by himself, not looking at a tablet, or the quarterback talking to the players? <laughs> you know what I mean? Me out. Don't yeah. go there and out. Don't go pout about nothing. Come because if I was wrong, let me know. Yep. I mean, that's just one of those things. Like, I know I was wrong inside. Don't give me if I don't, there's a problem. If if I don't know I had a problem, but and there probably wasn't even a problem in the situation. You know, it could have just been hot saying, Hey, I'm me. Give me the ball. When mm-hmm. you're in trouble, look for 10. And I promise you, if I was D Hop and had his resume, I'd be saying the same damn thing every time. Give me the ball. If it looks like a problem and you don't know where to go with it, put it up. So let me read this to you. Yep, I'm just making sure I understand. All right, so this is the sequence. I'm just going to number them off here. After that opening touchdown, oh, my gosh, this is uglier than I thought. So because now, now we're going into the second half. But so okay, so after that opening touchdown, punt, 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 fumble, punt, 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 and then you get that that second touchdown uh, with like three minutes to go in the game. So like eight straight drives that just end in a punt, no points, nothing. I, I mean, that's the story of this game in my mind when it comes to offensively, right? Like just offensively, yeah. not putting. So coming out of the half, it's three plays, three plays six plays and then finally that 14 play touchdown um where you think that you know at this point now it's 24 24 21 you're hoping the defense can get a stand um but before we get there let, let's back it up a little bit the cardinals to open up the half you know you're down 10 7 uh how about saving collins and, and you, you look at this defense again just making plays i actually started the arizona cardinals defense in fantasy because i had this gut feeling like they just keep doing things to will this team to, to at least be in it and, and finding ways. Yeah. yeah. I, I honestly thought it was going to be Isaiah Simmons. You know what I mean? He's had a couple yeah, weeks yeah. in a row now where he's had those yeah. strip sacks and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and safety or, or uh, interception pick sixes. Like he's done a lot. So, uh, you know, so Zayvon Collins, I think it was his first career interception and it was a, a pick six. So, uh, you know, happy for him. That's yeah. good. It's good to see. I mean, especially these young guys that, you know, we're drafted high and we're expected to be, you know, well, just step in and be superstars. It's, it's, it's the biggest good. knock, biggest knock on Steve Kime is these young guys, these first round, second round, third round picks. What are those top 100 picks doing? And you're yeah. starting to see it, at least defensively. Byron Murphy's looked solid all season. Marco Wilson's had ups and downs, but Isaiah Simmons killing it. 
Um, all things but, considered, you know, again, it's, a, it's a little late, right? Is what mm-hmm. you as a as a fan, yeah. right? I'm trying to look at this from the fan perspective. You want to see it sooner? Game long enough, you know, that it's kind of like you were drafted in the first round. You want to see them make like, that impact their first I mean, season, I mean, not not like, two years, three years down the road. Yeah, especially defensively. If you're if you're drafted to start, like. We're like a Hassan Reddick, right? Yeah, same same theory. Hassan Reddick took to his what fourth year, and then he shows something, and then he leaves. So it's it's one of those things where yes, you do want to see this impact made made sooner. So I mean, I think more of Hassan Hassan thing. If you want to go back to Hassan thing, was I don't think he was he wasn't in the right position when he got here. Could you say the same thing about Isaiah Simmons? You know what I mean? Like he's kind of been played a lot of different places, and yeah, I think I think a lot of that is just is positioning and mm-hmm. just putting them in places to succeed. Like it was, I mean, if you're going to go back to talk about that day on Buchanan's was perfect. Moving him yeah. from safety to that money linebacker changed the entire game as defense. Now, now everybody's got that little 220 pound middle linebacker that can run with safeties. He can run with receivers. I mean, I mean, run with tight ends and safeties, but run with tight ends and run with receivers. He can be put in and you know, he, so much changed the game so it was just kind of like guys not being in the right position as a fan you're sitting there thinking hey, we drafted him first round he's not doing anything to help me mm-hmm. and then you see them go to their natural spot they get to a spot where they can thrive and Hassan was a, a prime example they put him out there on the edge and started letting him play how he knew how to play and now he's you know he's he's a multi-millionaire <laughs> The no. the only knock I, I really had against the defense would have been uh when we talk about covering tight ends, there was that rollout play that Gino had almost every All scoring days. drive they had, and, and mainly that last drive of the of the game, uh, uh the, the last last touchdown drive that they had. Yeah. They did the little rollout, toss to the tight end and off to the races. And you see Isaiah chasing him down, or you see one of the other linebackers chasing him down, or Buddha having to sprint from the other side of the field to stop him. That's the one thing I would get on Vance Joseph about is that ultimately not making those adjustments, right? Like the tight end sure. kept killing you all, all game. And so, and that was a problem we've had for years and years and years. And this is why you drafted these guys was to stop Always. that problem. And here it is again, Noah Fant just having a day. Uh, what was his numbers? Let's pull that real quick. Noah Fant I know, but he's receiving at the he, first downs he picked up. So he was the leading receiver for the team, not a shocker. Uh, had six targets, five receptions, 96 yards. His longest was that that one at the end, 51 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, almost had 100 yards today. So, uh, I mean, how funny is that? No offense. There, this shows you, like, the Cardinals' problems when it comes to covering a tight end. When you have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf on the field and Noah Fant, your leading receiver, and it isn't even close. Tyler Lockett had five receptions for 67 yards, and DK Metcalf had five receptions for 37 yards. Again, a tribute to Byron Murphy. I saw Byron Murphy on DK yeah, Metcalf most that. of the game. I, I mean, yeah, DK had five receptions, but don't only give up 37 yards. I mean, that's that's uh, nothing. No, no, no. Yeah, Byron Murphy played a hell of a game, especially covering DK for most of the game. You know, he held he held their number one in check. Ultimately, mm-hmm. and as a as a secondary, they really held both of their top receivers. I mean, you even if you combine both of them, they maybe at a hundred yards, maybe not. I don't know. Just depends. Um, what was it, thirty-seven and sixty? So kind of. Yeah, just over a hundred. One one fourteen. Yeah. It looks like yeah. So 
I mean, either way, it's, I mean, you, you really did your job there. I mean, if you finish the game, it was just those two and you gave 114 yards passing, that's a W. But like you said, the tight end, the tight end situation has been a problem for years. So, I mean, we, we had trouble covering the tight end sometimes too. And a lot of it is not, it's not, it's really not the coaching scheme. It's, it's seeing things. I mean, I know it's a lot for an edge rusher to see that, but a lot of times in the defense, that edge rusher is responsible for that flat. Okay. You know, he's rushing, you know, he might, unless he's called on a blitz, you know, he's responsible for whatever leaks out, especially if there's a, if it's a man type coverage or anything like that. So, I mean, or it's that linebacker, like you said, that, you know, Isaiah Simmons was chasing it down too. So it could be scheme. It could be just not knowing or kind of blacking out when you're playing the game, you just see an edge and you want to take off and you forget about that tight end. So either way, it could go both ways. I, you know, I'm going to always give the players the benefit of the doubt coming from it, but you know, I watched it, you know, we've all watched it happen for a long time. And that's just one of those things that you can blame coach, you can blame players, can go either way. Ken Walker tears up the Cardinals. I, I mean, th- that's the one thing I, I'll give Seattle, the commitment to the run, right? They um, stuck to it. They ran uh, Ken Walker 26 times, got 109 yards, two touchdowns on the day. There was one touchdown, though, that I was going to get into. The Cardinals at this time are up. Are they, not, are they up? No, they're down. They're down by three. And this is, let me see where this is at in the game. They're, this is the fourth quarter now, seven minutes remaining. And uh, it, you're, you're only down by three at the, at the present moment. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. if we can hold them, you're going to have the, the ball with, you know, six, seven minutes left. You're going to be down by a touchdown, you know, less than a touchdown, down six. You know, you could you could have a game winning drive here. You can have a nice long one and and ultimately put the game away. Um, the the Seahawks get the ball. I want to say they were on like the ten yard line. I think that's that's when it was. They're on the ten yard line and the play clock. So one thing I will say that's different from a, a Pete Carroll versus a Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, they did have a delay a game at one point. They being Seattle and. Um, uh, they, they did have a delay a game and ultimately, uh, they, they didn't end up, uh, they, they did, you know, they, they don't end up burning the timeout is what I'm trying to get to. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't end up burning timeouts. They're just like, screw it. We'll take the five yards. Well, yeah. on this drive, it's, mm, I think it's sec- I think it's third and two at the 13. I think this was the play. And the the play clock expires for at least two seconds, and the the refs don't call it. I mean, they don't blow it. Nothing. There's no timeout called. Nothing. They get the playoff. Um, Ken Walker rips it up the middle for 12 yards. He gets it to first and goal at the one, and then he punches it in on the next play. But that was such a crucial play right there. Where for me, I just was like, man, these are the the break like. The Cardinals aren't already, they're not good enough to overcome their own, like shooting themselves in the foot between the, the pre-snap penalties. Hurt. Yeah. yeah. So now when you have the refs not helping you either, because there were yeah. some questionable calls. I was going to mention it earlier. There was a touchdown to Tyler Lockett, and I don't know where Buda. in the sequence it is. Buda. He pushes was... Buddha. Yeah, it's an offensive pass interference 
clear as day. Buddha actually tweeted it out after the game. He said, my brother, Tyler Lockett, definitely pushed the hell out of me, but who cares? Oh, he got away with, He for sure got away with yeah. one on that one. But, I mean, even the play before that Tyler Lockett touchdown, it's a dropped interception. I love that you're not uh, – you're not defending Tyler Lockett and his wide receiver antics right there. His, his no, I love slide push. I can't, that, you, I can't say nothing. There's, I can't say enough. I mean, the way he plays the game, the way he carries himself as a human, Buddha's a great human being. He's a great football player. So, you know, from that side, you know, I had to stick with my with my guns. You know, my old teammate, you know, I had to yell gonna, with that. But it's going to be exciting. Because clearly it was. I mean, clearly yeah. there was a push-off. You know, it's tough because you see Buddha go directly – to the ref i mean it wasn't the play wasn't even he wasn't even putting his arms up off me he's uh-huh. looking at the referee like are you what else can i do in this situation but you know like i said the play what before, i don't it, wait and i don't understand just, and, and i want to bring this up and you tell me where if i'm wrong on this place when we think of these multiple situations between that between the dead play clock at one point in the game, the Cardinals get real cute. It was almost like they saw Pete Carroll do it, the little the double pass move. Yeah. Um, the Cardinals get cute. And it, so the guy behind me, uh, the season ticket holder behind me, Eric, I gotta get shout him out. because I'm gonna steal his line. He says, The one time that you want the Cardinals to pass behind the line of scrimmage, because they do it a million times a game. They throw, they, it forward. they throw it forward. <laughs> so it's like again, everything you do, you shoot yourself in the foot. Uh, on that play, the double pass. Well, it sounded like from everything I read, it was like New York called that in. They're the ones oh, that yeah. called. They they said, "Hey, you're going to want to look at this. Like, but let's take let a it look." Fly on the field, they let it fly on the field. Yeah, they, they were going to give it. it to us. Well, the thing is, it was a. I mean, and I don't want to give. So wait, wait. Here's man, here's my I'm, wait. Hold on, hold on. Here's my question. Let me ask you this. Okay. So on that one, NFL or the network, the league calls down. Mm-hmm. And they interject there. Mm-hmm. But then on the dead play clock for Seattle and on the, the lock at push off, nothing. Like, <laughs> but those aren't reviewed. That problem is those aren't reviewable plays. Okay, I was going to say, are those not reviewable from, from the league, right? You have to make a call at that point, right? Because no, two years ago, you had the pass interference stuff that you could challenge. That you could challenge, that was, yes. That was a debacle. Like, that. Yeah. I mean, coaches were just throwing fade balls and then throwing oh, a yeah. flag. You, know? you knew that was going to happen when they threw that in. It was dumb. Like, I mean, I, the idea was, was good, but... You know, you can't do that. Pass interference is such a, you know, he said, she said thing from referee mm-hmm. to referee. So, I mean, once you got under the hood and watched it, you could see. And don't get me wrong. Like, I am a receiver, so, I, you know, the DBs can, can kick it. So, we they they hold or grab or push off on every single play. And they're going to say the same thing about us, too. But, well, just I mean, like, we the, uh, just like you're off. holding me, I got to yeah. do what I got to do to get off. So, hey. It's just like offensive linemen, though, right? Like yeah. like every play, offensive linemen are, are some way or holding one way or another. It's just a matter of how bad it is and, and how much you can mm-hmm. see it, right? So that's not a – passing is no longer reviewable, which is yeah. smart. You know, it sucks, but it's smart because it's just, like I said, opens a can of worms. And delay a game is just a – It just a, is what they got to catch it or not catch it. I mean, that's what it comes down to. It sucks if they're not paying attention because they're supposed to be – a one of the that's focused on many, that right you know zebras are on the daggum field somebody's supposed to be watching that so that's just an error that they'll get points deducted from you know they have a big system for to get playoff games in the super bowl yeah so, but that crew will lose points off of that but 
they're going to lose many points off this game because yeah. there were some bad. Very questionable calls in this game. Yeah, and, uh, and I don't want to make that sound like that was what cost the Cardinals. The Cardinals shot themselves in the foot. They didn't do themselves any favor offensively. Yeah. They they didn't, you know, it just wasn't a clean game. I mean, Kyler Murray ended the game with 100 and uh, what do we got here? 175 yards passing. I, I mean, Kyler can't Mm-mm. only get 175 no, yards passing. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess you can. There's some teams that are women winning like that, but this offense is not built for no for 170 passing yards a game. That's you. We need 250 plus to to do what we're supposed to do. So their their yeah. average pass. I, I saw the stat in the game at one point, and I, I don't know where it ended, but this was late in the game. I want to say late third, fourth quarter. It was like our our average pass was like three yards. Well, D Hop had like nine receptions for 36 yards at one point. No, he didn't have nine. No, he only had four receptions for the day. So 36 yards, one touchdown. Oh, he was talking about the other thing. But anyway, I mean, even those, like, four. Think about that. I'm going to do it. 36 yards for D Hop, 22 came off that scoring uh, pass. Well, think about the last two games. That's where I was got mixed up. The last two games, we were talking about the receptions that he had back and forth. He had like 200 plus yards. In the, well, the two previous games since he's been back, and it, they're just not throwing the ball for more than like eight yards. Anytime they throw a pass, field. it's 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 four or five yards. And I've seen that. Like, yes, we can say you know you you can point to the interior offensive line, and you're missing a guard, you're missing a center, you're missing another guard at one point. Will because Will Hernandez came out, so you're, you're missing all three of your your interior offensive linemen. So uh, without Pew and and without uh, mm-hmm. Rodney Hudson, right? So. Ultimately, it's just, I don't know, man. It, it's tough because, for one, you, you see a stat that Kyler has, like, the most time for any quarterback in the NFL to, to actually throw. So, but then by from the eye test, it doesn't look like that's the case. You know, it looks like he's under duress, like, at all times. So, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that stat is skewed because of how much he runs it. You know, like he escapes and he runs on his own, so it's giving him a little more time or, or whatever. I, I don't know. I, I don't no, know. I think they, they do that. that. that that's got to be involved because there's times where he escapes, you know, near death as soon as he touches the football, and then he stays behind the line of scrimmage and manages to fire a. Yeah, he has 15, another like six or seven seconds. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of that kind of skews it, but I mean, when you really watch the game. There's times when in the shotgun, the ball touches his hand, and before he can set that back foot, there's there's trouble. You know, it's he's got people right up the middle. He's got people well, was, coming yeah, outside. Was... The pocket's closing, and once that pocket closes, you know, I hate to bring the the height thing up, but at he ain't gonna be able to see over everybody nine, at that point. I mean, yeah, he's not five ten, maybe. He's not gonna. I mean, it'd be like me playing quarterback. I mean, I'm. Once those six five and six six guys get in front of me, I'm not six five or six six. I can't see, and it's a it's really a thing whether they want to believe it or not. So when that pocket collapses, his eyes have to come from going downfield to where's the hole I can get to to try to extend this play. Yeah, or the or the quick dump off that'll do to mm-hmm. like an Eno yeah. or a Connor or something like that. But yeah. Uh, and it was fun and when you mentioned that, like the, the pocket collapsing, you watched one play where Gino, his lineman gets pushed into his back and he still with the pocket Make collapsing it. is able to throw Huge like a first down pass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like a 15 yarder. I couldn't remember who it was too, but 
that was just a play that like Kyler's not going to be able to make that. Kyler's got to get out of that situation. He's got to run around somehow and then he's make that escape pass. Escape the pocket. Yeah, set his feet to make, or even on the run, make that throw. He just he can't do that when the pocket collapses. So uh, you know, and then we get to the kind of you know kind of been all over the place. But we get to that final drive where the the Cardinals are down. Um, it's twenty four twenty one, and then they rip off that huge that huge pass to tight end, and and uh, they being Seattle rip off that huge pass to tight end where he, he, he gets it gets like fifty something fifty one yards, mm-hmm. and then ultimately cap it off with a Ken Walker five yard touchdown with two minutes left. They're now up by ten. This game is over. And at that point, you start to question, is the Cardinals season over? Now, when you look at the NFC, it's still a mess. Mathematically, you know, there's plenty of games left. So the Cardinals mathematically can be in this. But now you start to question, like, is this team good enough to win two, three, four games in a row? Like, Britt, do you think they're good enough to get a couple games in a row? Because right now I'm kind of like, I I don't know. Eight games left, nine weeks left, eight games left, nine games. Some people got nine left. I mean, yeah, it's what are they sitting at right now? Three and six. They're three and six. They've got eight games left. You've got to win eight. Nah, you can with how bad the NFC is. You could probably get away. No, it's because there's like the Carolina, New Orleans, Tampa Bay. Somebody's going to get in with a very terrible record. Unless Tampa up. just goes on a, unless Tampa just goes on like a nine game, eight, you know, a six, seven, eight game win streak. You know, other than that, everybody I think the leading thing is like who's in first place? Atlanta? So I'm looking here now. So you the NFC South, you got the Bucks are tied with the Falcons, both at four and five. Four and five. So they're they're terrible. So they're uh, you know, that's why I'm saying you don't need to win 11 games. You don't need to win eight because they're so bad. That they're not going to get a second team either. And, and now the Cardinals are, you know, they're three and six, so they're worse. But my, my whole I mean, point they're gonna is they're going to have I, to win six to seven games. Yeah, they'll, they'll need they need to win like six for sure. Like you're going to have to have that, nine wins. And that's going to be to be a bubble team, though. I mean, it's, yeah, it's gonna yeah. Be, yeah, there's going to be teams from other divisions that are going to get two teams in because of the record. Hmm. Well, that's going to be the NFC East. The NFC East at this point might get three. They got the Eagles oh, yeah. eight eight and zero. Oh. They've got the, the Cowboys at the the Cowboys at six and two. The Giants at six and two. So yeah, right now. Now I had someone say this to me today. Also, look at the Cardinals last year. At one point, they're eight and two or ten and two, something like that. And yeah, it was. And then the season you know, goes to hell. Now they still make the playoffs and everything, but they had a downward spiral. So it, it is possible that an Eagles, a Cowboys, a Giants could can completely, you know, go from six and two sure. or eight and oh to, you know, eight and six. I mean, they could just yeah, start, yeah, they yeah. could break off a bunch of losses. Um, but when you look at the NFC as, as a whole, I mean, other than your division leaders, your Seahawks who are six and three, your Eagles are eight. No, your Vikings are seven, one look at the NFC North. I mean, the Packers and the Bears are both three and six, and the Lions are two and six. So they're right there with you. So, and they look bad too. So, like, uh, I mean, there's really, when I look at talent though, when I look at the Lions, I look at the Bears, I look at the Packers, the Cardinals have more talent on both sides of the football. Okay, maybe on both sides, but what they're doing with this defense. Ultimately, I trust them more talent wise, not maybe not coaching wise, than a lot of those teams. Um, 
I, I trust them more than the Falcons and clearly the Saints yeah. and the Panthers. I, I mean, so really when we're taking out the division leaders, you think, you know, I think the Bucks are going to win the NFC South. I would, yeah. I would think that's going to happen. I don't think any other team is going to rip off enough wins to take that wild card spot. Um, I think the Vikings are going to rip off, you know, they're, they're guaranteed now for the NFC North, unless they completely just tank. They have to completely collapse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so it's do the Packers rebound with no assets, you know, they just keep getting hurt and, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't look the same. So I don't think the bears or lions can muster up uh, enough to make a real run. Maybe the bears, I mean, the bears at some point Maybe. fields Maybe. has looked good. He looked good today. Um, yeah. He started I mean, he he field 78 rushing yards. He looks like he's getting better game by game. So that's the one one yeah. scary part is when you have a team like that, that that may get better. Really, it's your own division that you're fighting. You're going to fight and, and you've got them coming yeah. up. You got the Rams this week, which it's now a must win. I mean, I, I hate I to mean, say this. Well, you this, got the same record now, right? They're both. Yeah. Three and six. Well, they're three and five. They, they've they had their bye week already. Oh, but okay. um, but you have the Rams this week in L.A., which now you got to win. And, and we'll talk more about this during the midweek and then the, the preview show, obviously. But just looking at the division, just look where we stand after today. You've got the Rams you got to beat, and then you got the Niners in Mexico. So you got to beat both these teams back to back and and really try to get back into And That's the thing. You win these next two games, you're in this. I said this earlier in the I'm week. Sure I said, it. yeah, you, you got to win two of these three games. Unfortunately, you just screwed yourself where now you have to win the next two. It would have been yeah. nice to win this one at home and at least be in a good spot. But you look at this Rams team, they're not good either. So now it all it takes is a bad Arizona Cardinals team to help get a team right. But uh, you've got them coming up. And then, you know, I, I still, when we look at the Seattle team, I don't know if they're good enough to keep doing this. Uh, they may collapse. So I think the Cardinals are still in it so to speak. Like, I don't want to be down Debbie downer here and be like, Oh, season's over. I know I've seen, uh, and now producer Adam, the voice of the bird God on, <laughs> okay. on her title screen throws up Cardinals season is over. And I've yeah. seen people say that John Gambadoro from Arizona sports. He posted that like time to start take, talking about the draft. I, I, I'm a Homer. Too I'm early, a fan. Too early. <laughs> I'm, so I'm much, a There's so much that can happen in the next eight weeks, especially with so many teams with losing records in the NFC. Like you said, this, there's so many teams that are, that are under 500. This is not, the season's not over. Britt, this, Brit, this team looking compared to last year, this team has more talent on it now than more. it did a way, year ago. Way more. Talent. And they especially started eight. No, I especially mean, offensively. I mean, you've got, you've got a, a top five tight end in the game. You've got top, Receiver, top two. You really want to go crazy, um, off of talent wise. Well, and, right? and if Hollywood Brown comes out. back, you probably have another Hollywood top Brown's ten wide back. receiver. We got another top ten wideout. And, Bobby and Anderson has shown to be a top ten wideout in the past. With yeah, just the speed I don't know. In the, in the, in the deep threat, but <laughs> God, today, I don't know. Watch it, watch it today. Some of the things Robbie Anderson. Oh man, I'm I'm really hoping. You know, it's just a, it's a learning curve. He's yeah. a new offense. It's this. And that's, I mean, I, that's, I was talking to somebody today. I said, it's not easy. I mean, I, it, granted, I never had to like mid season go from a playbook to another playbook, but you know, but you had to do it from that. one season to another. So how hard is that? It, so it's still the same. I mean, luckily yeah. I was in Arizona for five years, so I didn't really have to switch, you know, playbooks you know, for most of my career. But even when I left Arizona, I went to well, New York. You know, say you went to the Giants. So in that offseason, it's different. 
Yeah. It's a different type of a different type of offense, different terminology. Terminology is huge. I mean, so we shouldn't write off. Uh, do we think we get production out of Robbie Anderson this year? Because earlier this yeah. game, I was like, man, he sucks. <laughs> but he just doesn't. <laughs> I mean, he just, I, you can tell when he's on the field, he does not feel comfortable being out there yet, right? Just being out. So I mean, you, as a player and as a you call it comfort. Hold on. You call it comfort. I call it. He looked like he was half fasting it because he got that penalty for not stepping on the line. He's uh, not comfortable. <laughs> he's not comfortable. <laughs> okay. I'm going to leave it at that. He's not comfortable on the field right now, just knowing the plays. And he's not confident in even when there's checks because there's got to be checking at the line, you know, stuff like that. So I just don't think he's completely comfortable and confident in, you know, the playbook and knowing what's going on as much. So that's mine. Ladies and gentlemen, Tyler reporting. Britton Golden is a Robbie Anderson guy. And uh, that's the biggest takeaway from this episode. Um, well, I, I mean, I think we covered pretty much everything. The biggest question now is, and uh, I stole this from Alex Clancy, so I want to give him credit. What happens well, first? Alex. Yeah, what happens first? Is Cliff fired, or do we get to see the first episode of uh, Hard Knocks midseason or in-season Hard Knocks this Wednesday? Which one happens first? Do you think oh, Cliff no. makes it to Hard Knocks episode one, or do you think they They're make a move? Fire. I don't. I don't think. I don't think they'll fire Cliff. Yet. I don't think so either. I a lot, mean, lot of fans today. I was listening on the drive home, the post game. I, I, I'm not going to say yes or no, but I mean it's. We talked about no it. Er, you and I talked about it early in the season. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was it was us. Like I, after maybe the the uh, Raider game or sometime around there, where we talked about. I thought Vance Joseph was going to be the scapegoat at one point if mm -hmm. this season kept looking bad. Now Vance has done such an incredible job for to all things point, considered. Vance is not the scapegoat. Yeah, there's can't no way him. you can you can't pin it on him. So if you're going to pin it on somebody. I mean, I think Cliff Kingsbury is the one person, and so that's that's a big question. So we'll see if come midweek when we uh, have our next episode, if Cliff is still the coach. We both think he will be, but uh, I would think the way this season is trending at some point, whether it's at the end of the season, I, I, I got to think the Cardinals make a change at, at some point. And then, then it becomes, if you get to the end of the season, though, it, it does, and we'll talk about this narrative as it goes on, but then it gets to how many people are cleared house at that point, because then GM Steve Kime, there's a lot of people that could go into that mix. Um, but I think in the, the primary right now, I think a lot of fans are thinking that Cliff, maybe this week, could get terminated. These next two games will determine a lot. That's a good point because, oh, and that's the other thing. You have these next two games, and you, I think you also have the Chargers, then you have bye week. So it's one of those things where, you're gonna make a move, maybe after It'll, these next two the games, buy, yeah. right? Right then before the buy. Three. Uh, you said they got three and then a buy, right? Yeah, it's three, three then a buy. So uh, the next three games will determine where the house goes. So they Cardinals fans, uh, that that's a big thing to to think about here is you could have a lot more frustration over the next two to three weeks before you see something happen. Cause I, I think that's right. I think it, it if it's going to happen, it's going to happen right around the bye week because then it gives them enough time to make adjustments and things like that. So, um, well for Britain, golden Brit, where can everybody find you? Um, uh, Twitter is just at Britain golden, um, Instagram. It's stay underscore golden nine. Love it. Love it. I don't know. 
We're going to have Britt on many more times this season because I'm going to sucker him into being on as much as possible. Um, but the Cardinals drop to the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, the second game, they got swept by the Seattle Seahawks this year. Uh, they fall 31 to 21 at State Farm Stadium. The Seahawks improved to six and three. The Cardinals dropped to three and six. I'm Tyler Vasquez of Bird Gang Travel. Make sure you subscribe and download everywhere you get podcasts. If you just want the cheap way to go to it real fast, go to cardinalspodcast.com. You'll see the whole list of different places where you can subscribe and download, especially my Apple users. If you're an Apple user, I need you to do me a favor because I'm going to give you some inside baseball here. If you just subscribe, it does me so much. Okay, because it counts as a listen, every person that subscribes. So do me a favor and go and just hit the subscribe. I would love for you to listen to this great content three days a week. But ultimately, just do me a favor. At the very least, go subscribe. Okay. Um, with that being said, again, Britton Golden, I'm Tyler Roskis of Bird Gang Travel. We'll be back uh, midweek with Gunner. And uh, don't forget to kick off in the valley.